host, Emily, and you're listening to my show, Beyond a Bedtime Story. I'll begin today's episode by unpacking the trends of children's literacy experiences over the past few years. It really is essential to understand the factors impacting your child's reading journey because they are vastly different than they were even five years ago, let alone when you may have been learning to read or even when I may have been learning to read. So to start with some statistics, in late 2019 and early 2020, Pew Research analyzed federal data by the National Assessment of Educational Progress that revealed the amount of American 9 and 13 year olds who say they read for fun on a daily basis has dropped from nearly a decade ago and are at the lowest levels since at least the mid 1980s. So let that sit for a second. Essentially, we have children who are reading for fun less. And these are more teenagers that were being studied. And when we consider the updates in technology that children have access to, it really makes sense. Does someone really want to sit down and read the book when they could be on their tablet, on their phone, seeing the best new thing? So as a parent, it's acknowledging that this is the world that my child is growing up in. But how might I engage my child? How might I entice them to read when they have all of these wondrous technological um, options around them. So in addition to that trend of the past couple years of children being less inclined to read, we also had the pandemic hit. And that was a huge loss for um, children who were learning to read at that level. And children are still seeing those effects. Amplify, a Brooklyn-based company that produces school curriculum for grades K through 12, confirmed that the amount of kindergartens deemed on track for learning to read was at 55% in 2019, before the pandemic, dropped to 37% in 2020, and rose only to 47% in 2021, not yet reaching that pre-pandemic level of 55%. So now you might be saying, okay, well, that was 2021, we're in 2023, that was two years ago. That that trend really only impacted the kindergartners, the first graders who weren't in school at that time who were learning online. Because as I observed during my research, which I will get into in the next segment, literacy activities in kindergarten are essentially the the, a big part of them are that stereotypical sit on the carpet in a group interact with my teacher who's reading aloud, interact with other students. And obviously those experiences cannot be replicated at home. They just can't be. If you're a parent who was parenting in kindergarten and a first grader at that time during the pandemic, you know exactly how difficult it was to get them to read, to get them at that level. And obviously they're reeling from those effects. But it goes beyond that. It's not simply those children who are impacted. Surely they were. But it was also children who would have been in daycare at, those, at that time, who were stuck at home, who weren't socializing with their ch children. And that's really what I observed in my research. I looked at these statistics and the research being done, and there was obviously a recognized drop in reading ability. Yet there was a lack of scholarly attempts to really enter the classroom at this time and simply observe what was going on in the classroom. Just sit and watch how children were interacting with literacy activities. So that's exactly what I did. And we will get on to my research process in the next segment. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back. We'll be moving on to what my research uncovers, and I won't bore you with the technicalities. I'll share the most intriguing observations that I found while conducting my study of interactive reading practices in kindergarten and how students engage with those instructions following the COVID-19 pandemic and a return to the classroom. So I researched and I observed classes last year in the 2022-2023 school year. However, I began my research in the classroom and observing in January of 2023. I observed two kindergarten classrooms, approximately of 20 children each, in a suburban, well-funded school district. I had six observation sessions total, 30 minutes in each class, and that was once per week over a six-week period. So these anecdotes that I will begin to uncover will be really helpful to parents who do not have the opportunity to step into the classroom and witness their children's experiences like I did. While in the classroom, I really witnessed disproportionate abilities among different children. Some children had an easier time reading, and that's expected. But interestingly, and the teacher acknowledged this as well, she had never seen such varying levels of maturity in the classroom. Because you're thinking about these children that should have had formative years, whether in daycare centers, around friends, and they really lost out on that. So suddenly being in the classroom full time as kindergartners for the first time in their lives for some of them, it's extremely overwhelming. And in specific activities, self-control or lack of self-control really got in the way of getting things done. The best example I have of this is students were given a handout there was three boxes on the left side, one for each sound of a three-letter word. And then on the right side, they had a line where they would write out the word. So the teacher would say a word, the class would repeat it. Um, they used hand motions to tap out the sounds and they would write it down on the paper. So I, I watched children successfully work independently. They sounded out their techniques and it was very effective. A few students needed help. There's an assistant teacher in the room and she could provide that help. But overall, it ran smoothly. It was very positive. The next week, that same activity done in that classroom was done with letter boards. So a word was given, the teacher said the word, and the students were taxed with forming that word on a letter board. They had all the letters of the alphabet, consonants in one color and vowels in another color. And it was the same activity. It was being given a word, and then in the first activity, they wrote out the word, and in this activity, they just happened to form that word with tiles rather than writing it out. And yet these magnetic boards became a whole nother level of needed maturity from the students because you had students who were playing with the magnetic tiles, ones who couldn't focus because this new medium was introduced. A handful of students were following the directions and waiting patiently. However, a majority of the class was distracted by the tiles and by completing that activity. So the class only went through three words, zip, tub, and get, before the teacher had to stop the activity because students were overwhelmed and distracted by the magnetic boards. And now she like admitted that she was disappointed because she knew the students could do this skill. They had done it the other day on a piece of paper. And they had also used these magnetic boards before in a small group setting. But when the whole class did it at once, it was just too much to manage and too difficult for the students. Now, another example that I have of these disproportionate abilities in some of these classrooms disruptions was with a read aloud. It was a collective read aloud, the whole class, um, the teacher was reading. 
And this book had an emphasis on word sounds. The letter that they were specifically looking at was W. And on a specific page, the teacher was prompting a majority of the students to sound out the word water on the page. And there was one student who kept calling out, oh, it's water. Meanwhile, these other students didn't know what the word was and were struggling to even sound it out. The teacher was attempting to sound out the W sound and prompting students to look at the picture which depicted a wave on the beach. So she wanted them to recognize the word water. But we had this other student who was saying, oh, that's water, and really interrupting the prompting that the teacher was trying to give to students who couldn't see that it was water. So thrown into the mix of disproportionate maturity levels, I'm also observing disproportionate reading abilities. And these stories aren't meant to be discouraging. I met the most joyful and eager kids who are ready to learn and excited to read and all of the above. It's just that because of the problems posed by the pandemic, it's important to recognize the challenges that these students are facing that prior students haven't had to face. They had years of social development before entering kindergarten. Part of sharing my observations with parents and having them be able to hear these things is for them to get a full picture that when their child might be struggling to read, it might also have to do with their struggles to exist within a classroom in that overwhelming environment. And it is both of those things. And that as a parent, you have to address both of those things. You have to encourage your child to read, especially since less children are reading for fun nowadays, but also acknowledge how they may be uncomfortable in the classroom and maybe how you can approach being in social situations and support them in that environment as well. And that brings me to my next segment, my final segment, where I'll share what you as a parent can begin to do. Welcome back for my last segment. How can you help as a parent? I've just uncovered some daunting stories that may seem scary and disappointing to know that children are struggling within the classroom, but the ability to make things better for your child is to recognize that things aren't going to be perfect, especially after the past couple years we've had, and to approach that with a sympathetic ear that you're there to support your child at the end of the day. So learning should never be easy, especially when you're a child who is learning from scratch how to read. But it's important not to be discouraged when you face challenges and having that encouraging attitude will have your child also replicate that encouraging attitude and be willing to face the challenges that learning often poses. So by acknowledging these difficulties, you're already taking a step in the right direction. And that's honestly my first and foremost advice for how you can help, is acknowledging these challenges that I've just discussed and applying that to when you're talking with your child and telling them how they should approach reading and learning. And you're understanding that they're learning within a completely new environment that the pandemic and technology has really created. Along with that, it's starting an open discussion with your child, not simply about how they feel about reading, but also are they comfortable in the classroom? How might you address their needs within the classroom? Make them more comfortable in that environment. 
and just provide them encouragement with being in this new and scary place. By addressing and strengthening their social experiences, that will really aid in their ability to learn. By addressing and strengthening their social experiences, that will aid in ensuring that they're learning at their best ability and that they're reading at the best their ability because they're able to get the most out of a class by being able to handle themselves within that class. In the next episode, we'll really get into my other observations about helpful techniques that I witnessed during sound, sound work, during read-alouds, all of the above. However, the necessity for adopting these new techniques to support your child and the reading journey that we're about to embark on really only makes sense and feels worth it when you acknowledge the new time that you as parents are in and your children are also in following the pandemic and all of the challenges that we've faced. I congratulate you for taking a listen and stepping outside your comfort zone and hearing all of these scary things that may seem so big and insurmountable as a parent. But the rest of these episodes are all about how we can tackle the things that we just discussed. And I'm so excited to be taking this journey with you. See you next time.